not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Terror, horror, death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, everybody. Brain Trust. It is very exciting to be podcasting into your ears again. Uh, it's nice that you're listening, you know, otherwise I'd be super crazy talking into the ether with nobody caring. Not a far cry from the truth, but we're a little bit better than that numbers wise. I had a great weekend in Arizona at the House of Comedy in Phoenix and really good time. One show, I've been taping all my shows on cameras, on two cameras at least. This one I actually got three cameras, 100% improvised show. And it was pretty fire, so I think I'm going to actually release it on YouTube as an as a full full um, crowd work special, basically. And to that note, because I've been planning to release every week like a bunch of clips um, of my crowd work, at least a couple clips a week. So I've been taping all my shows for the last year, and we're finally starting to get them like captioned and ready to go and and prepared to be released. Um, it's been a lot of talk about crowd work lately. Um, Moshe Kasher just released a Crowdwork album the other day, and the New York Times did a huge write-up saying basically the kings of Crowdwork is Moshe and Ian Bag and Todd Berry and Judah Friedlander. Left me off the list. This is some bullshit. Do you not remember in 2016 when I was the first comedian in history to live stream an entire hour set on, on Facebook Live and then did it in every city for the next eight tour dates and basically released eight Crowdwork specials back-to-back live, not even tape where I could – Decide that one wasn't good. Got almost 4 million views. Well, just to remind people, I just released all of them on YouTube yesterday. They're all up on YouTube. Go check them out. And another piece of exciting news and beast of exciting news. Because I misspoke that way. Uh, my Showtime special, my scripted hour, with a little bit of crowd work in it too, I released on YouTube this week as well. I convinced the producer of it to put it up on there because I want everybody to be able to see it. And so there's a ton of my stand-up ready to go for you. Um, not all positives in Arizona. Oh, you can go subscribe to youtube.com slash bgleeb. Not all fun in Arizona. I got into a fight with a Trump supporter who was the, the friend of a friend of mine. Came to the show, nice guy, bought us drinks. Then we went to a bar afterwards and was just blindly supporting Trump. Um, even though he admitted, he said to me, the president doesn't matter except for what he, is, he says and does. He's just a figurehead. He has no power. I'm like... Well, if you think that, then Trump's the worst possible person because all he – even if like the economy is okay, the stock market's okay, but what he says and does is the worst. And just this week, I reported last week that it was um, 11 of our troops were suffering from brain damage from the missile attacks from Iran to the base in Iraq. And it's now 34 troops that Trump is saying, oh, it's just headaches, no big deal. They lied and said it was – no casualties. This guy didn't have a problem with that. I lost my mind. 
I'm the one who lost my mind, but we had a verbal and near physical fight. Thankfully, it didn't get that way. And also, one of my shows, I was shouted down at the very beginning of the show by these people calling themselves the Arizona Threat Men. 30 seconds into my act, shouted me down with some absurd conspiracy theories that arose during my presidential campaign, because that's what happens when for president. You get a lot of crazy people with way too much time on their hands, no lives. And uh, they were thrown out pretty immediately. Posted the video online, and I look great in this video. I'm hammering them pretty hard. I'm not particularly proud that the best insult I had was that I said the guy had a microscopic penis you'd need tweezers to find in a bathroom. But it was something. It came to my head. Other than that, I was pretty proud of it. Um, so those people need to get lives. Um, but a crazy week. We're going to discuss all of it with my guest. I promise you guys some exciting guests this season. And we have the first one of 2020 here sitting in my office, my home office with me, a dear old friend for a very long time. Her name is Nadine Rajabi. You can follow her at Nadine, R-A-J-A-B-I on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, she's a comedian, producer, pop culture expert. Um, she's America's first professional Iranian female comedian, so that's topical. She's also a national champion black belt. That hopefully will not come to play. Where were you Saturday night? A world-class soccer player with semi-pro soccer player. Competitive snowboarder. Has a BA in biology and an MBA. Neither of which use, she uses in her career to any degree. She's the face of Bravo TV's digital series. Her husband's currently was in the long time ago, Fresh Squeezed, where she would cover shows like Real Housewives of Orange County, Housewivesology, The Shaws Come Clean with Nadine, who's an after show. Mm-hmm. And um, she's been a featured comic on Showtime's comedy special Hot Tamales, TV Guide Stand-Up and Stilettos, Nouveau TV Stand-Up and Deliver, Me Tambien, my friend. Was yours a Cabo? <laughs> no, sadly it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and a regular commentator on VH1's 100 Greatest. But these days... Perhaps most notably, she's the executive producer of the very popular reality series Bravo on, on Bravo, Below Deck, Below Deck Mediterranean, Below Deck, There Goes the Motherhood. She was a co-executive producer on Bravo's Game of Crowns, Eat, Drink, Love, and Startup Silicon Valley, and served as supervising producer on Misadvised, Most Eligible Dallas, and The Real Housewives of Miami. Early in her career, she wrote, produced, and was on-air personality for the National Lampoon College Network, which I did quite a lot of stuff as well and she recently gave a tedx talk we're gonna get into all of it and the week's news with nadine rajabi everybody thanks for having me ben of course thank you for okay. being here a fun fact ben and i are only your birthday's on the 18th that is correct yeah we are two days apart in life is that right yes really yes we don't talk about the year we were born but it's the exact same year. wow i'm very open with the year i'm born it's very googleable I hate to break that it's to you nadine <laughs> Two days apart. So you're June fifth, 20th. 20th. I'm eighteenth. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. I know. I love it's that. Insane. Wow. So it's really insane. I'm, I'm two days wiser. Do you feel it? I feel like here's the thing. When I was a kid, I would like look at people like they were the same grade as me, right? And I'd be like, Oh my god, you're six months older. You're gonna die before me. Like that's a weird mentality for a child it's to super have. Super weird. I'm gonna be very honest with you. It's weird. It's weird. But- I realize my headphones are not on. I'd like to put them on, but they're completely intertwined with this it's mic okay. stand. I don't think there's any chance I can get them off. I think the Trump supporters did that. It might be. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, it's, it's not going to be great. You're going to have to take your mic off. Ah, uh, this will do it. Hold on. Unnecessary. Done now. 
But anyway, so By do you still way, believe somebody will not live as long? No, I actually don't believe that at all. Because life – I mean, listen, Kobe just died. Yeah, we're going to cover it. We cover it right now. It's very sad news this week. Terrible news. Kobe Bryant, Laker legend, NBA icon, worldwide, huge inspiration to so many people, passed away. Yep. And um, did that news – I mean, obviously it shocked everybody. It was crazy. You know, the one thing that I keep thinking about is, and I and I felt, obviously, everybody feels so terrible and so tragic. The one thing that keeps replaying in my mind, and maybe it's because I'm a masochist, but I could not help but think of, like, all the people on that helicopter. Mm. The moment before, unless they actually couldn't see a thing, right. that that split moment right before they hit. Yeah. Like, knowing. Like, Kobe knowing he can't save his child. Those parents knowing they can't save their child. And vice versa, of, like, that kid being so scared. And that it, it that was the bit like I can't stop thinking about that of knowing that that's what's going to happen and that's it. You'd have to, I guess, in that situation, hope, and I think that might be the case that it was foggy and they didn't even know they were going to hit a mountain right. and that just came with no warning. It's probably a better way. I mean, it's cra- they should not have. I mean, listen, a lot of things like should not have happened, yeah. but like it's one of those things where it's like, why, why keep going? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you have to. You can only speculate at this point, but some some are speculating that. It might have been because of the level of Kobe's celebrity that maybe right. he took off. Like maybe he was, you know, he's always like, you can, come on, man, let's get us there. Who knows? I'm just obviously guessing that. Right. But, you know, details will probably emerge. And those are safe helicopters, I've heard. Like really safe helicopters. Yeah, I mean, you'd think you'd, any helicopter you're going in would be a safe helicopter. I, well, here's the thing. I don't know because what if like a prop goes out? You're you're done. Like on a commercial plane, you could glide. If an engine goes out, you've got right. a backup engine. But like – I mean, have you been on a helicopter? I have. They're scary. They're, well, you, you I didn't find them scary. You didn't? No. The only time I wasn't what have scared. Why was when we did you do any of like the Afghanistan tours or any of that Mm-mm. stuff? Oh, those Always helicopters didn't scare me. I did that in Afghanistan because they were like you're protected and you're in a black hawk and they were like big. The only right. thing that scared me were <laughs> were the people. They had two people that were on guard on the black hawks on each side. And they were next to like their machine guns or whatever they, they oh, are. Oh, they would shoot flares out, Yeah, right? and so they didn't tell me and they were fucking with me. And what? so they turn around and the, the shells hit my leg. But I guess that's something they do in like – they call it the suicide seat. That, like shells will hit your leg. But they didn't warn me. So I thought I was being shot by – What? Because there's town locals on the bottom that like just shoot with their like small guns that never get to the plane or whatever. And they shoot back at them? Yeah, they shoot back and at the them. And the shells were and hitting they, you in the legs and you thought you were being shot. Yeah. In and a war like, zone. I was like oh, – yeah, Over it was, Afghanistan. It was in Afghanistan. It was crazy. Oh my God. And we had like an Apache black, like Black Hawk that was, or Apache helicopter that was circling our Black Hawk as a, almost like a protector that would go in front and circle us to make sure that we were okay. Right. It was gnarly. Like, yeah, I've heard from some comics that have done these tours that, that one had a missile that came close to one of their It's crazy. Helicopters. We had to leave because when you go to remote bases, they also like, you know, they don't have running water, but they have CNN because it's all right, satellite. Like right. it's crazy. And I remember on one of the bases, they, they literally said, you've got three minutes to get out of here because there was like, like a threat that something was going to happen. And the first thing you do when you get there is they show you where the bomb shelter is. And that's you went like, straight to a bomb shelter. You just, not there. Not at that point. They got uh-huh. us on the, pl- the helicopter and we left. Oh, wow. But when you enter a base, they just tell you we're safe. Right, it's the right. first thing they of course. do. And it's cr- it, like, it would not be ideal if that was the third thing they did. <laughs> 
Here's the I'd living like room. Know, I'd like to know where the bathroom is, but <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but it's a crazy thing. And I, when I said yes, I was like, oh, it's going to be great. And then you get there and you're like, oh, shit just got real. Like, wow. It's, cra- it's scary. It's fucking scary. Plus, it's very hot there. It's, uh, I went during oh, winter. Um, winter time. Okay. So it was really, really cold. Oh, damn. Yeah. yeah these, these extreme climate places where there's also constantly yeah. war. Do people think about moving? I would, my first, my only priority in life would be move. Yeah. Get out of there. Yeah. No, I know. It's crazy. I don't know why they live in these places. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Back to Kobe for a minute. Yes. Did you hear about the Ari Shafir no. what controversy? Happened? Tell me. So everybody's up in arms. Ari Shafir, as we all know, is... Uh, open his mouth again. <laughs> yes, he opens his mouth again. His whole life is predicated on saying the most inappropriate things. Right. So it's not like it's a shock. Right. He used to play a character called the Amazing Racist, yeah. where he would literally go into black neighborhoods and say very racist things mm-hmm. and risk getting injured. There's Home Depot thing, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, like... Pretend that he was a cop or something yeah, and or something. picked up day laborers. <laughs> he picked up day laborers in the meat, yeah. I think he was yelling immigration, maybe. I don't remember. Right. So he did a, a tweet and a video oh my God. incredibly happy that Kobe died No, in a, in a helicopter crash. No. Very like, gloating, very happy. Like he said, occasionally there's so much bad news in the world. Occasionally there's good news. No, he didn't say that. He did indeed. He did indeed. Wait, we're from Los Angeles. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm from Southern California. I'm not from Los Angeles. I'm from Orange County. We're like, I grew up with the Lakers. Yeah. I had a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar poster in my room. Yeah. Like, you just don't say that. You don't say that. What about anybody? Not even forget the Lakers about about anybody. anybody. You don't say that. he apparently has a thing. He always goes on and tweet. When somebody big dies, he always says and tweets something horrible. Oh, my God. I don't know if he always says that joke, but this time that's what he said. And he called him a rapist and said that, you know, thank God this guy that got away with rape is now dead. And people have lost their minds. Rachel Evan Wood did that too. Rachel Evan Wood yeah. did it too and got pretty bad yeah. backlash for it. She had to make her, her Twitter account private, as did Ari. And for Ari, she appeared to go silent. That's pretty big. He's getting death threats. No. There are comics that are like almost calling for him to be beaten up. You're kidding me. Like Godfrey did a whole rant on his social media saying, I texted Ari, said, what the fuck are you doing, man? And then um, this is unacceptable, dude. You don't you mess with the wrong icon, mess with the wrong person. And people are going to fuck him up and he deserves it and they should fuck him up. That is, I mean, here's the thing. There's a thing about like shock value and then there's like literally, and, and a lot of people, he's probably like, oh, people are so like sensitive or whatever it is. It's no, you, you just don't say that. You don't you do say not it. say that. I don't care. Like yeah. if, if you're trying to be funny, it's not fucking funny. There wasn't even a joke. Put a joke in at least right. so you can at least say this was obviously it's a, a joke. joke. Right. He's just gloating you're about just the random death of somebody. It's just so sad. I was going through my camera roll. I, during the Oscar road trip I got to do in 2013, I got to go to the all-star game in Houston and I got to interact with Kobe. I handed him an Oscar oh years God. before he ever won the Oscar. Was he incredible? It was so nice yeah. during that moment. And he had his daughter, Gianna in his lap. I have, I have photos oh my in my God. camera roll, the two of them. And oh at least as far as I can tell, it's her. I studied pictures from that weekend and she right. seems to be the age of the daughter in that photo. And then I went on the court before the game began and I was trying to get a moment with Kobe because I'm there shooting video for the Academy Awards and I'm hoping that I can get a moment with Kobe Bryant and I go up to him like with the mascot guy running around stole my or stole the Oscar from my hand and so I go up to Kobe I'm like Kobe the whatever the Philadelphia Philly stole my Oscar do you mind helping me out and Kobe literally gets really serious and looks at me in the eye and he goes excuse me I'm with my daughter right now man like you couldn't right even distract him from his daughter so say what you will, not only is the guy an inspirational icon to many with certainly a checkered past, but to me, allegations are not something that you can be held accountable for. Right. 
you're not convicted, you're not guilty. And by the way, he's human. And he's human. That's it. It's like, that's one thing. It's like, whatever happened, yes, there are allegations and there's a lot of stuff that's happened. Maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. It doesn't matter. It's like, he, he's obviously like tried to repair a lot of things and try to do the right thing. Yeah, pretty spotless record after that for so long after that. People change. Decade and a half after that or whatever it is. Um, So it was a crazy week. There was that. There was the Grammy nomination. The the Grammys took place and there was the allegation that they were rigged. You hear about this? Yes, yes. So I believe it. I wrote an award show years ago, the the Radio Music Awards. I've said it on the podcast before. And they rigged the most popular art the audience choice award for Mariah Carey. So like people that would – was that a voting one? Yeah, that was one the audience got to vote on and they just rigged it. Mariah Carey said, I won't perform unless no. I win an award. So, so then they, they won Mariah Carey one. for ratings. Yeah. So they gave her an award. It was after her breakdown too when she like <laughs> she gave out ice cream cones on yeah. TRL or whatever. Some bullshit. <laughs> By the way, I actually miss Crazy Mariah. Yeah. Like, right? Like those were the days where it was like when Britney was going insane. Later to find out when Britney went, uh, when she shaved her head, it was like, so they wouldn't test her hair. For oh, is test. that right? That's what I've heard. Forever. Don't Forever. know. Very smart. We're thinking she, listen, I heard that she's obviously not doing well right now either. Is, <laughs> she's having, I think she's again another. Yeah, I think so. That's what I've heard. Oh, Don't know for a fact. Okay, I'm not going to quote but you on that. I, 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 I won't put it on a podcast. Days of, <laughs> allegedly. Brittany was hitting shit with, a, with an umbrella. umbrella. <laughs> I mean, that picture cars. was iconic. That picture was iconic. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry to tie all these stories back into me, but I have a story for that one too. I, I dressed this, up yeah. as Michael, as, as Patrick Bateman from American Psycho for Halloween yeah. a couple years ago, and there was this gay dude at a Halloween party dressed as crazy shaved head Brittany yeah. with the umbrella, and I had my axe. So I challenged him drunkenly to a sword fight. Right. And he just bops me as hard as he could on the nose. I fall to the ground. It's on video somewhere. With I fall the umbrella? To the, with the umbrella. I got basically, like penguin from I got basically assaulted by Britney right. Spears. <laughs> in a manner of speaking, you know? Not cool. Not cool, Britney. Oh, Leave my Ben God. Glebe alone. You right, know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> so there's that. Do you believe that the, that the, that the Grammys nominations are I rigged? I think that a lot of things are rigged. I really do. I think that um, – You come from reality TV, so you have a unique perspective to really know how much is real of these things we see and I how much I think a lot of things are rigged. I really do. I think a lot of things are set up. I think a lot of things are w- – and, and that's the thing because you worked on a game show. Let's talk about this. They actually have a game commission and they make sure that things are actually fair. Yeah. So do they have that? Did they have that on the award show that you were on? Standards and practices. On the award show, I think that they did have that. They did, but I don't think – I think they just didn't look into that award. Like they're is, just like there just to make sure that like yeah. the envelopes aren't open or whatever like it is. A lot of times these standards and practices people, they kind of relax once they they trust you a little bit. Right. And then not everybody takes that trust with the highest level of integrity. Because I remember I worked on a game show one year. I was a writer on a game show, and it was li- like they were they were strict. Oh yeah, it's it's a yeah. felony if, yeah. if anybody host included feeds any answer or tells anything right. any clue to a contestant. Constant threat of felony, and yet we still have to be so sarcastic and funny. People don't know what we go through. No, I understand. They don't get I understand. It, <laughs> it was intense. <laughs> Um, but no, I think they are rigged. I really do. As a as a reality TV producer, which that's a whole other thing of how like I even got into that. But it it the show that I do is real because it's literally my job as Truman Show. There Below are, deck. Below deck. There are other shows that I've done that have been soft scripted, mm-hmm. that have had writers' rooms, that have had um, 
like wow. complete writers rooms called producers rooms. So you don't have to pay guild fees. That's right. That's right. I was a producer um, on a show. I don't know. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but that's okay because it was actually a brilliant, it was, it was a spinoff of Run's house. It was called daddy's girls. And what was really interesting is that writer's room is brilliant because there was um, Graham Moore who won the Oscar for imitation game after that. Like that writer's room was like the smartest writer's room ever. Ben Epstein who sold many, many television shows. My friend Charles is now a big director. I'm like, that was our little room of like from Daddy's Girls where we had table reads. We literally had table reads. The girls would come in and here's what was – Wow. It was crazy. And I was the only – I was the only – it was me and this woman, Sue Clancy, who used to be a comic, really, really funny, amazing uh, woman. It was the two of us. She was the head writer. And they brought me in as another female voice. It was a show about – uh, you know, they're African-American and um, <laughs> and we had no black writers. And that was... That's the way to do it. It was crazy. I was like, you guys, have as, have how is as this As little even, black writers as you can how, on a black and the, show. And it's the way you connect. And they there and say, we wouldn't say this. It's like, yeah, right. no shit, they wouldn't say this. It's yeah. like, of course. It's like, that's how fucked up Hollywood is. Yeah, they don't even think they don't to even hire think. a black they writer. They have white Jewish guys and a yeah. Persian. yeah. Like, I'm a white Jewish guy. When I wrote the Radio Music Awards, I had to write the slang and the banter for every every presenter. Right. And even like Nelly Furtado, I presented her script to the side of the stage a minute before In she Nelly's goes live. Voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she goes, it's popping? It's popping? I'm like, Nelly, I don't know your word. Replace the word. Feel free. I don't know right. what to say. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was so bad. Wow. Where they literally, I remember at one point, I'm not going to name any names, Somebody was not any of our writers because they were very PC. Somebody at the company had said, Nadine, what do you think they'd say? And I'd be like, that is the most racist thing I've ever heard in my whole life because it's like that. How insensitive. Right. And I said, you know what? Maybe if you guys hired black writers right. and spoke to the people and got their voice, like, like we're doing like our best here. The, the people that are actually on the show, yeah. like, like that was like, why didn't they demand it? Like, wow. it's, it's really fucked That's up. That's weird. It's so insensitive. So now you're on real reality shows. You're saying it's just show. like Truman Show. You're just filming. Yes. So we go on a boat so, in the middle yeah, of the Yeah, tell ocean. us about Below Deck. Yeah. So I started on Below Deck and now – and then I uh, – Where do you, where do you do it? Uh, now I do Below Deck Mediterranean. Uh -huh. So I do the spinoff, which actually uh, – it, it's questionable, but we rate higher than Below Deck now. Wow. But I – It's well, the Nadine Rajabi touch. I love her. <laughs> well, let's, let's – uh, it's, it's the team effort. Sure. Um, so just we don't were, let Mark Cronin listen to this. Right, Mark Cronin, exactly. Cronin will take your producer video test and that's of right. the Below Deck yes, series. Yes, exactly. Um, and he, listen, Cronin's got it good. He collects his money. Yeah, <laughs> the guy's created so many franchises: He's Flavor brilliant. of Love, Singled Out, Idiot Test, brilliant. Below Deck. He is brilliant. I mean, he came up with this formula, and it's uh, a real life. It's yeah, insane. It's insane. I mean, he was the king of reality TV. I remember when I first got a comedy manager, and I was like twenty-seven years old, and there was this article it was about Cronin and I think Abrego and 51 Minds first had formed. It was mm -hmm. like the Kings of Reality TV is LA Times. And I remember uh, one of the managers in the office was like, oh, I know this guy. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like, and now it's like, it's so weird to be on the other side of like, mm -hmm. it, it's like, you know, when people are like, it's what a great show. And I'm like, oh, I still feel like I'm like that 22 year old comic. So how like, did that happen? Because I didn't even know this happened. We, I didn't we, either. You and I lost I touch no for idea. a minute. You were just a stand up comedian. No idea. And then all of a sudden no you're idea. a showrunner. No idea. You're not just like the producer. You're the showrunner show of these shows. Yeah. <laughs> how did this happen? Who did you fool? What happened? <laughs> so uh, literally, this is why I always say. <laughs> so in between when I was doing stand up. So yeah. for a long time I had a show on the, uh, on XM series for Lampoon. Yeah. That thing went under. Lampoon went under. It was a whole thing. 
And uh, I was in a think tank for Fox TV studios where we were like creative monkeys and we come up with like show ideas every week. We'd go and pitch them. We'd go home. We'd think of ideas. And so one of the guys that was in the think tank with me also wrote on Daddy's Girls. This So they fired a writer. They hired me. This was the scripted. Um, I'm going to get in so much trouble for even saying this, but it was like over 10 years ago, so it's fine. Daddy's Girls. Daddy's Girls uh, with Tamil Fake page. bullshit. Got Fake it. Fake bullshit. Got it. <laughs> Only had one season. Um, but anyway, so so he they, they brought me in. They wanted a spec script for um, – I'm looking over here like it's our audience the whole time. Yeah. Carmel in the <laughs> Carmel corner. <is> here. <laughs> cutting the cameras for our video feed. So um, I gave them a spec – this is a – With Henry Horse in her lap. <laughs> I gave them a spec script of the office that I'd written and then I go in for a meeting and I'm thinking that they read my script and it's a whole thing. Yeah, of course so not. Go, it's Hollywood. They don't do shit. They didn't read my script. So I go yeah. in there and I was telling a story. I don't know how, like how, can we say whatever you want on this podcast? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know how it got onto the subject and this is a really fucking weird subject, but I brought up that I looked at my asshole in the mirror for the first time and mm. how fucking ugly assholes are. Congratulations. Thank you. Like I was bent over. I, was I like, like that you just castigated all assholes. Right. Could have been just you. <laughs> it's all assholes. You assumed it's everybody. Every asshole. Every That's asshole. Nice most, most assholes. That's why there's. You've got a healthy self-esteem. You just decided it was everybody and you're just one of everybody and no worse. I, listen, I could be one of uh, a few. This could be your next TED talk. That's right. About dirty <laughs> Dirty, ugly assholes. We all have the same assholes, and they're terrible. <laughs> and I'm not talking about fathers. <laughs> but so that I bring this up, and they're like, oh, so I leave the room, and they're laughing, and I'm like, what the fuck did I just say? I just was in a writer's room, like in an interview, and just told them how I looked at my own asshole, and uh -huh. it was so, like, it was weird, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, well. And I like, remember, I texted my friend Jason, I'm like, I'm so fucking sorry. Jason, who actually is a huge, um, he quit his job as a Harvard grad, quit his job, and now is a as a TV writer and is now doing a thing called Field Team Six, which is like signing up uh, Democrats around. Um, oh, right. Jason amazing. who? Jason Berlin. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. I've heard you his name recently. To, you guys have to connect. Um, Somebody else wanted to connect me with them. Cool. He's amazing. So I was like, Jason, I'm Wait, so that sorry. was you, I think, it wanted was me. to connect you. Yeah. Right. So I've got to connect That's you guys. perfectly why that was. So it's less of a coincidence yeah. now. Now I'm less interested. <laughs> so it's actually just me. Yeah. So then he's like, oh, my God, we fucking laughed so hard. I was like, okay. And so then the next day I get a call. They're like, you're hired. Do you want I'm like, Oh God, I don't, I don't want to write on a reality show. Like, what is that? And so then it was this whole thing. I'm like, it's two months. It'll be fine. And so then I'm still thinking the reason I got hired is because they really liked my script because they were really, they wanted me to submit jokes. They wanted me to submit a script. A month into the job, they're like, they're like, Hey, do you have any specs? I'm like, yeah, didn't you guys read my spec? And they're like, we didn't fucking read that. They're like, you had us laughing in the room. So we didn't give a shit. I go, Oh, great. So story about my ugly assholes. What got me a job <laughs> on daddy's girls? <laughs> wow. So and then that, everything led to everything. Well, so then, yeah. So then I was writing on that. And then I, um, there's a show that launched called Jersey Licious and they were doing basically another soft scripted thing, no table reads, but they knew that I could write shooting scripts. Did that. I, I was like, give me whatever title you want. I don't care. I'm not a reality person. I'll just write your things and then I'm gone. Uh -huh. And then, um, and then I booked a pilot for IFC where I was like a host for, it was like they're doing their version, nerdy version of Tosh when Tosh first came out. Oh, okay. So I did the pilot. Hoping and, to get some of those 5 million views a week right there. Right. right. So, <laughs> so then I was like, okay, great. I'm going to be on a TV show. It's going to be great. And then um, I'd option a show to one of my friends and they were also doing Housewives of Miami. And at the time they're like, well, do you want a job story producing? And I'm like, I have no idea how to story produce. Like, And they'd already shot it. It was in post. And they're like, well, you could try it. You're a storyteller. So why Which, don't you Which by the way it? shows you exactly how just right there is how fake reality TV is. 
that you can create the story after you've shot it. It's all in post. It's all in it's editing. All, post. all in editing. <laughs> and so then I was like, sure, I'll try it because I, I couldn't hit the road I like because I had to be in town for this pilot. And I, I shot the pilot. We were waiting for it to get a green light. And I was just doing a bunch of stuff. And so then long story short, they it, it, it was a mess with the network. They took the show away. I ended up staying on. I delivered the show. And Bravo was like, you can never leave us. I'm like, but I'm not a reality. I'm not a reality TV producer. Mm-hmm. I was so naive. Like, if somebody told me right now, go and clean up a show that you have no idea what you're doing with <laughs> eight editors, like, I'd be like, you're fucking high. Like, do you know how much work it takes? But yeah. I had no, like, I was so naive. I, I was like, okay, great. And I had like a story, pro- I had a story assistant who became a story producer, and I had somebody that had come in to help me from Housewives in New York, and then she split to go do Housewives in New York. I delivered the whole show. And Bravo's like, well, you can't leave. I'm like, I'm a stand-up. I'm not doing this. Show never gets picked up. I was just back to doing stand-up and doing whatever, doing stupid commentating stuff, whatever it was. And then Bravo calls like, hey, we have another fix-it show. It's only two months. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. They're like, please. And I'm like, I'm like, fine, two months. I'll do it. And then it's after just that. Because no one wants these jobs, I guess. Wants so jobs or cleanup shows. And for me, you. I was like a, like Rain Manny where I could look at footage and make sense of it for some reason. But it, that's because that's what we do is like – with, as a comic, you write, produce, you're editing, you're doing everything in your yeah. head, so it just we're makes one sense. Man TV studio. We are, so it all just makes sense. Like mm. I didn't have the training that everyone. And we're also did. honestly very good at making something presentable out of garbage. That's right, literally. That's what we make our bread and butter out. That's it. That's it. That's exactly that's it. That's the key we to success. Turds. Young comics ask me, "How do you make it in this business? Make great stuff out of garbage. Yeah, po- learn how to polish a turd. Look at your asshole and, and shine it. <laughs> that's up. right, shine it." <laughs> Get it bleached. <laughs> well, that's, I've never tried that. But. I haven't either, but. Okay, good. It's, like, it's 2021 still. <laughs> <laughs> so then I told Bravo, I was like, hey, I was like, I'm still on camera. So they let me do a bunch of digital stuff. I And, and that was really fun. That was and your negotiation. Then, I'll, I'll, I'll save your shows. Put me on put camera. Put me on camera. So they did that for me a little bit. Yeah. And I was still doing both. And I still, my brain was moonlighting as a producer as I kept, every time they kept giving me a promotion, I'm like, I don't want this. I'm a comic. What are you doing? So And, then, and we don't want some of this when you get it. That's what I got. It. And then I was like, fine, I'll just ask for more money and I'll see if they give it to you. Awesome. And they get me to give it to you. Yeah. And then how the where did the jump come to executive producer into show running? So I show runner, if you don't know listening, it's the ultimate boss on a TV show. Yes, I write every every creative decision, every like also other fi- fires, logistical things like that. Um I so I came on and post on below deck. I was show running for other shows as well, but I came on post on below deck and then they launched med. They put me in the field, and then I it it's their number two show on the network after Housewives of Atlanta and one of the top wow. shows. On, uh, it's actually the fastest growing. This is actually on, and it just came out. They released it, the fastest growing television show out of any show, scripted, non scripted, any network in the last four years. Wow. Isn't that a crazy stat? Good for you. But then I just want to go tell jokes. So do you, do you like <laughs> it more now? Have you fallen in love with it or you still just want to be a comic here's, and you hate it? No, I actually, here's what I like about it. It, I'm able, it's still a funny show and it's real and I never know. It, yes, it's always a show on a boat. You never know what you're going to get. Like, I mean, it could be fucking crazy. Whatever you're following, like sometimes it'll be a slow day and like somebody like, you know, you're following somebody going, Hey, do you have that 50 bucks for my carton of cigarettes? And that could be world war three. And you're like, Whoa, what the fuck just happened? And it's literally, and, what's and you guys don't story produce, but no. you must story produce. We but- don't do anything. We can't. It, the whole boat is rigged. You'd never, you would see us. There's real guests on there. Like we don't talk to the guests. We don't do anything. We talk to them in interview. And that's when we do with our, like whatever it is interviews, but we don't actually go in there and go, Hey, say this. 
if they're not talking, we say. But do you tell them secrets of what other people said in the interviews? No. And like, turns out, guess what he did? We, we no, been the Sunday's totally night camera unethical. last night. Really? Yes, I won't do it. You don't do anything. No, I won't do it. I'm not that producer. So My what if the crew is just chill and nothing they're happens? Not. That's that's the beauty of the show. They're stuck. Imagine being stuck in the middle of a. Like you could be best friends with somebody, you'll kill them by the sixth week. Right. You will literally, and those little bunks are so fucking small. Like you will literally go insane. It's set up. It's, Mark Cronin is so brilliant. And there's two other people that actually created the show, Rebecca um, Henning and somebody else. I think it was her husband, but they brought it to Cronin and, and Cortland Cox and they developed it. And then so I've whatever I'm, I've been on since season one of Med and launched that, and that's like I haven't left because I feel like it's my baby. It's like I've birthed. And you this go on these trips. Place. You're they're on set. I'm there on set. I'm in the middle of like you know I've been floating to Greece, Croatia. in like a follow boat or the same boat. No, I'm on the boat. I'll show you pictures. You can actually. You just have boat. to hide, not interact. We're with them? in a we're in a stateroom. We take over a whole the VIP suite. We have um, 14 surveillance cameras, or no, maybe 16 surveillance cameras. And then four roaming cameras, and then we've got you know GoPros all over and things like that. So it's and it, do you ever get air? Do you ever get to walk on the deck? And that's the thing when you've got like because you get so fucking claustrophobic. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, you're out in the Mediterranean!" And I'm like, I go out for two seconds, and I'm literally in the middle of the water, and I can't see anything, but I get fresh air for like two minutes, and you got to go back in because if you see a camera, you're you're running because right. <laughs> you don't want to be in the shot. Wow, and you don't want to be in the middle of the story. Also, because you're a lifeline to them, because you're not on the show. They'll take any opportunity they can just to talk to you. They'll be like, Nadine, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, don't talk to me. Talk to somebody else. <laughs> and that's, that's wow. what you got to do. A reality producer with integrity. That's, I, <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Well, here's the thing also. It's like because I've been on the other side, I would never want anybody fucking with me. Right. And so if something really fucked up happens and we're in an interview, I'm like, hey, how do you want to answer this? Like, like, And if they choose to still lie, then that's on them. But I'll say it doesn't look good. Like if they're lying, I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, we know you're fucking lying. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good. Right. And you get the truth. That's it, usually. Or if they're lying, that's on them. And it's like, sorry, that's not, it's obvious. Right. And the thing is, when people watch themselves, like, I think that every reality show, like, every psych student and sociology student should go and, like, be on set at a reality show. Like, because it's literally the best, like, study of human behavior that I've ever. Yeah, or just watch hours of raw footage. Yeah. It's insane because you get in their heads and the archetypes of these people. And as a produ- what I have to do as a producer, I have to be three steps ahead of them. I have to know what type of personality they are. I have to be able to read them go, you know what? They're going to fucking blow up in two seconds because they didn't like that. Send a camera. You know, my job is send a camera if I think they're going to say something. And we're also listening to everyone's microphones so I know what's going on so I know where to send cameras and things like that. Damn. That's pretty crazy. And you got to come out there. Lo- you guys are I would here. Love you guys got to come out there. I would love yeah, it. It's and amazing. You have to make sure there's a lot of alcohol in the boat. Oh, but that's the other that's thing. What yeah, the the yeah, alcohol that's what changes the game. That's what changes the damn game. It changes everything. I personally believe Donald Trump needs to start drinking. Well, he's never drank supposedly in his life. Here's ever. Never ever. He's never had a alcohol. That's what he claims. I mean, he lies about everything, but no that's what he fucking claims. Even way. though I also have it on high authority that he snorts Adderall in the White House all day. That's why he's constantly sniffing and has way too much energy for a seventy-five-year-old man. Well, I think that he has mania. That's my, and I think he has dementia too. That's my assessment. I think it's a, that and it's snorting Adderall. I think it's the perfect trifecta. It's because the way he rambles and the way he yeah. is like, there's something. But the impeachment trial. Oh my God. Wrapping up soon. They're resisting witnesses. How is this possible? It's called a trial. Yeah, ben, it's, it's called a trial. It's so bonkers. And they just wrapped up the question phase where they had to submit written questions to Chief Justice John Roberts, who's presiding over the whole thing. Rand Paul tried to get a question read today 
where he outs the whistleblower. That was insane. Roberts refused to do it. So Rand Paul leaves the chamber, which you're not even allowed to do, and goes live on press conference and on Twitter and outs the whistleblower. Like, and people are now, that's why they're called a whistleblower. Yeah. They're to be protected. There's actually a law protecting whistleblowers. Yeah. Trending now on Twitter is arrest Rand Paul because you cannot do that. And so to what length will these Republicans in Congress go to protect a man that they don't like, that they know doesn't like them, would throw them under the bus in a second, and is so obviously only cares about himself? Right. Why do they hold on to it? If they removed him, they would have Pence and a normal campaign. Right. Pence would maybe not fare well in the in the campaign. He's right. not a great campaigner. No. Also, but, he, his none of his. <laughs> have you ever seen his suits? None of his suits fit. Yeah, that's, big, that's It's like he's wearing problem. his dad's clothes. That's fair. Yeah. Not like Trump suits fit. No, he wears huge long <laughs> trench coats and looks like an idiot. Can you imagine what Trump's asshole looks like? It wouldn't right. be a pleasant scene for <laughs> it anybody. It looks like his, his lips. The way it would he. Yeah. Let me yeah. just say, okay, I've got the greatest asshole. A lot of people don't like the asshole. I love mine. I've not been able to bend over and look at it in forty years. Um. But you would have some morals left. They're literally selling at the whole nation down the river. And, and even just for their own partisan political like, power why? and precedent, they'll never be able to ever hold any Democrat to account on anything. They're allowing everything. And that really is the best argument that Adam Schiff made this week. And the thing is, like, you're literally – Alan Dershowitz yeah. is one of, the, the, one of Trump's lawyers – made this argument that even if Trump's guilty of everything that right. he's being accused of, that he cannot be removed because this is not – Abuse of power itself is not an imp- an impeachable sure, offense, right. which is insane. It's insane. And he went back and abusing he your co- office. He corrected himself. He said, "I know I said this." Oh, You're but I have that right oh, here. You do okay. Yeah. So this is the height of hypocrisy. So then he says, furthermore, that the president cannot. The crux of what he said was that the president cannot be um found to even abuse his, his office if he believes his own reelection is in the public interest. Then he can do whatever he wants in any quid pro quo for that reelection. So he's look at this incredible thread. And by the way, he wins idiot of the week. Alan Dershowitz, the Dersh bag himself. The Dersh bag. That's a great. Uh, it's, it's, it's good. Trademarked. We can use it. It's good. Anybody on Twitter can, anybody, any part of the brain trust can use it. So Alan Dershowitz at Alan Dersh tweets, taking advantage of the fact that most of their viewers didn't actually hear the Senate Q&A. CNN, MSNBC, and some other media will willfully distorted my answers. They characterized my argument as if I had said that if a president believes that his reelection was in the national interest, he can do anything. I said nothing like that, as anyone who actually heard what I said can attest. Andy Lassner, EP of Ellen. Yeah, so funny. Follows me on Twitter. Very excited about this. Um, that's, a, that's a great follow. Pretty good follow. Yeah. Pretty good follow. Just newly followed. We interacted oh a few times, hadn't followed, and then just clicked the follow. Like, so I'm very oh excited my God. about it. It's that exciting when somebody you admire follows it you. It is like, very oh cool. Yeah. And he tweeted, LOL, we aren't all as dumb as your client. <laughs> Quotes Dershowitz, quote, if a president does something that he thinks will help him get elected in the public interest, that cannot be the kind of quid pro quo that results in <laughs> impeachment. Close quote. And Lasner adds, that's what we non-Harvard folks call a direct quote. <laughs> How... Can people say such absurd, indefensible things and then just act as though they didn't? You know know how they can? Because it's the age of Trump. It's insane. Trump has made it okay to say things and do things and then just say, never said it, never did it. It's insane. Produce it in post. Change the truth in post. That's what he's doing. Trump's trying to change the truth in post of real life. Right. He's the showrunner of this terrible reality show we're all in. Like the joke's on us. It's so funny because we call it a post-truth era. Yeah. But really, what maybe it means is 
Like the truth is created in post. Right. It's all in post. post it's all in post. Era. That's right. Just give it to me. I'll be the fixer and I'll try yeah. to fix it. But that's, that's what he, he's. Which, like, is another example. He said many times in the last couple of weeks, I don't know who Lev Parnas is. Don't know who this individual is. One of Rudy Giuliani's henchmen that <laughs> went to Ukraine. Mar-a-Lago. He's at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. He's now released two audio and video recordings yes. of him having dinners with yes. Trump. And there's like seven different yes. photos of them together. And how about, don't know this man at all. And how about Bolton? Bolton's. T- uh, Bolton. That's another big bombshell this week. Michael Bolton re-releasing How Am I Supposed? That's the Bolton you're talking about? Yeah. No. John Bolton. John Bolton, yeah. Who knew that the guy- a bomb. Who knew the guy that was like, holy fuck, this guy is like, you know, war happy, trigger happy. Right. Was like, fuck Trump, fuck everything. I'm just yeah. going to fucking blow everything up. Yeah. Well, he looks like Yosemite Sam. So you <laughs> understand like the blowing everything up instincts. <laughs> he's got Acme made explosives and he's pew pew. They're going to take him down. Wee! He's got the handlebar mustache. My dog is frightened at that voice I just did. I'm sorry, Henry. Henry didn't like that at all. He did not like that voice. But what can you do? So um, it's because Henry has a mustache, and his is much. He's more more twenty. He does. I actually yeah. said it was kind of a handlebar mustache. It came from the groomer yesterday because his second birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Henry! Henry, and I love your mustache. You. And I don't love the mustache. We also shaved his tail for the first time, and he has an actual tail. We thought he had a squirrel tail. He has a regular tail. Real tail. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But so John Bolton, to not bury the lead any further, came out because he has a book coming out. And he was trying to hold off till the book. And then he said, okay, fine, for the country, I'll release an excerpt and then release my book for pre-order that same day. What a world we live in. Available on Audible and (laughs) – I don't like to tell the truth. Available on Audible and downloading where all books are sold. And he said that Trump absolutely directed the quid pro quo, said that aid was withheld on 100% based on it's so crazy getting investigations that and Trump apparently wanted. Apparently he's got they've got even more stuff on him that they know that, that John yeah. Bolton. Here's the thing, he's going to go on his press tour after this. Mm. He's going to fucking blow the lid no matter what. Right, whether they do witnesses or not. So the Republicans are going to look very stupid if they don't yeah. agree to witnesses and I believe tomorrow is when they're going to debate that yeah. retake up those tabled amendments that Schiff and the impeachment managers proposed and let us hope that there's at least a desire right now there's throngs of protesters outside of the Capitol, not even saying remove them from office, right. literally chanting, we want witnesses. Right. Just, we want just a fair witnesses. trial. How is it? Because we already know what they're going to fucking do, but just give us a fucking trial. Andy like, Lassner had a great, great quote here um, from George Orwell from 1984 that I think encapsulates it really well, encapsulates it as well. The party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. It was their final, most essential command. That's um, what has happened now in our world. Yeah. It's unbelievable to quote Joe Coy. I, <laughs> doing his Panda Express bit from yes. 2005. Which is a very funny bit. Great bit. God, it's still in my head 20 years later. I know, it's so good. 15 years later, it's still in my damn head. Um, but I don't, like, here's the other thing, Ben, is my question. And, you know, obviously you're running for office. It's like, how was, do these was. was Here's the, how do these people that are lifelong, you know, politicians like how can they wake go to bed at night going you know what i am gonna have a career in politics like do they not do they just think they're gonna get great jobs after like what do they think is next for them they're gonna get great jobs that's why one of the things we have to do is close the revolving door they already have their jobs set up they know they're putting legislation to the benefit industries big special interests that are gonna then hire them for millions of dollars that's what it is you have to obviously they've sold their soul to the devil like every Single one of them. I mean, uh, Susan Collins from Maine, she's apparently going to vote. She for always races. teases us, though. She does she's tease the us. worst tease in the world. Like, if John McCain were still alive, he would not, he wouldn't put up with this. He'd be going thumbs down on he this. Would. Let's hope. Yeah. 
You would. My God. You would. And it's crazy. But like Trump's like, the fact that, forget about everything else. It's like the shit that he talks about people. He's like Ari with fucking Kobe. That's uh, Trump. Yeah. 100%. He'll say anything just yeah. to get a reaction out of people and to rile up his base. He doesn't right. care about the greater good. That's a pretty good analogy, really. It's pretty messed up. It's like, don't make that be your world. Right. Um, there was a pastor very angry at John Bolton this week. Pastor wants to kick John Bolton's ass, Newsweek reports. A conservative evangelical pastor has lamented not physically assaulting former National Security <laughs> Advisor John Bolton when he had lamented, the chance. Lamented. Insisting Jesus Christ would have, quote, beat the crap out of Bolton for disobeying Jesus, Donald Trump. Jesus, Jesus Disobeying Christ. like he's your mother. Like Trump's your mother. Rodney Howard Brown previously visited the White House to <laughs> lay his holy hands on Trump. Lashed out of Bolton over the news that his con- that his book is confirming the existence of this quid pro quo, and he said on Twitter, "quote You are a slime ball of the highest order. I should have knocked your sorry butt through the door of the Oval Office into the Rose Garden when I saw you. I would have gladly been arrested. What a Benedict Arnold! I am glad you were fired." He also claimed Jesus Christ would have launched a violent attack on Bolton, <laughs> saying, "quote What would Jesus do? He would have made a whip and beat the crap out of him." Is he familiar with Jesus? I mean, <laughs> Has he heard of Jesus' work? He's a preacher. Are we talking about the same Jesus Christ? Right. Maybe, that's a good point. Maybe it's a different Jesus yeah, Christ. Maybe, maybe it's Jesus. It's Jesus, it's Jesus Cristo. <laughs> el hombre con un anger I mean, problem. Literally. Well, here's what about that other evangelical guy that actually was against what Trump was saying? This is a couple of weeks ago. Well, a big evangelical magazine, yeah, the magazine. Christianity Today, I believe, yeah. came out saying that you, that they don't no longer endorse Trump, and he's a Threat yeah. to our union. Immediately, Trump starts saying, weak, lowered ratings magazine. <laughs> right, Nobody right. respects it. He loved it a day earlier. It was, it was owned by the Graham family. And then the Graham family came to Trump's defense, which is very sad. It's so sad. Like, I, like, and, and you talk to people, it's like, Ben, you just got in a fight with somebody in Arizona, you were just saying. Yeah. These people are blindly, and this is all over our country, blindly supporting this man. Like, there's no more. Like the right's gone too right. It's Republicans are not Republicans anymore, yeah. and the Democrats. It's like yes, listen, I'm I'm very liberal, but it's like it's also gone too far left on some for things. sure. And it's like there's it's like can't there's no we can't free even speech. Talk. We're canceling people like as, as much as as messed up what Ari did. He should be allowed to say it. Right, right. You cannot go to his shows. You can be angry at him. You shouldn't physically harm another person. Right. I was going to say another comedian, another person <laughs> also, and you should let just let their ticket sales be what they, it right. will based on what they do. Ignore them. Right. But you don't try to squelch the ability of people to say it. People are saying, cancel his Twitter, take away. No, let people talk and let them be who they are. And it's it's become so polarizing. And that's a problem with Trump I was trying to think about. It's like, sure, people don't like Bush. People don't like other people. But it wasn't this. It's because he's such – like he's so morally bankrupt, I think. And I think that's what so has put people so at odds. It's like how can you actually – like I look at when people support Trump and I have some – people in my family that's it's, it's yeah. like I don't understand it's like how can you actually like we're all like cut from the same cloth or so I thought like mm-hmm. actually like be brainwashed by this yeah. fucking guy and you can't say I love the economy I love the economy right. I'm glad Trump hasn't ruined the economy right. I'm glad it's doing well under him that has nothing to do with who he is and no. if he should be the leader of our nation he is the figurehead and right. the thought leader and I'm sorry just even the most should be and the fact that it's not even a bigger story this week, because he's so corrupt on everything and so dis- the br- yeah. genius of distraction, lying about our own troops getting oh brain damage. That's the thing. I was just I was just talking about this. It's like we're Iran was everything, and now it's like you're Iranian. Explain this to us, please. 
Well, by the way, but like now we don't even, we don't even talk about it anymore. Yeah. Like that, that's a distraction, but that was insane. It's like nobody is debating if that guy was a bad man that they took down. Yeah. Soleimani, terrible guy. Terrible, terrible human being. If you could even call him, he's not a human being. He was like a terrible, terrible person. Yeah. Controlled it, so it many terrorist way, proxy networks. It was how he did it, why he did it. And then that, that poor other fucking commercial airline went down as a result of that as a as a, as a chain chain reaction from trump not insane. planning things it's, it's like ridiculous. that's him like he's the real yosemite sam you know what i mean he is. it's like yeah, just six shooters into the wind it's so fucking crazy what do me. you think is gonna happen with the u.s and iran do you, I, do you have family still there yes my dad's there actually wow yeah so what i've got to be careful about talking about it but i don't i don't think anything's gonna happen i think that trump's gonna be like all right i did that and i'm done he talks right. about regime change he talks about all this stuff he doesn't give a shit trump is so right. fucking self-serving he cares just the election it's the election that's what and i was like he's gonna start a war this is what he's trying to do to try right. to get reelected. thank god it looks like he just is not very bellicose he's not super right. war hungry it's insane or killing people hungry it's the one saving grace of this guy it's insane like, it I is very scary, but like nobody has morals anymore. Even, you know, it came out in the last couple of weeks, the Astros right. cheated. Right. In the 2017 and 2018 they seasons. Their... They have not. They've been really underpunished. They took away their draft picks. And they, they, and they took them, find right? them $5 million yeah. to a baseball team that's nothing and did not take away their World Series victory. They stole it from the Dodgers, my team. Right. We've been winning since 88. Right. Oral Hershiser just said, you're changing people's lives. Dodger icon pitcher. You're changing people's lives. Like if McGuire and Canseco and all these greats knew what pitch I was about to mm -hmm, pitch, mm -hmm. they would have hit me. It would have turned me from his nickname, the Bulldog, into a Chihuahua. Right. And you're literally changing the course of, of, of sports history, yeah. changing the lives of these players. And they should have the World Series stripped from them 100%. This is like the election. There's a lot of cheating going on. So much cheating. And no one seems to really care no to give them a slap on the wrist. It's so crazy. Is nuts. It's so fucking crazy. I, I literally do not know. what. Like, I'm actually afraid for our, our world and what's happening. Yeah. And then the fact that the media keeps us at a, at, a, at a level 10 emergency at all times is bad. Like, that's an example of the left going too far. Some liberal media outlets were trying so hard from this pro-gun rally that just happened in, oh, right. in Virginia was this yeah. week. And Virginia. they really wanted to make it into some story and really wanted there to be violence. And it was just a peaceful protest right. for the Second Amendment. Right. And that's fine. Right. It's you fine. can do that, too. And, and that's a freedom of speech. And that, that's, that's too. It's like whatever. It's like, 100%. You just can't. It's, that's it. I, I, I just I don't even know what to do. And it's hard because we live in that age of information where it's like, yes, a story. and it, it, But Twitter, like all social media has also like – ignited so many things where you're just like wait why are we like and then people start the conspiracy theories and this mm -hmm. and that and it's just there's just no truth there's no there's way no to truth. somebody has to crack it's it it's all I, sensationalism and yeah. it's all like for ratings and everything else like that i've been thinking as much as i can well i need to put one more time into it but i'm trying to develop an idea for a show that can actually get to the truth right. because that is if we can solve that we can actually get right. truth back we can have some semblance right. of reality again look at coronavirus right Yes, that was my people, next topic. Coronavirus. Which used to be a code word for a hangover when we were in college. <laughs> now coronavirus was when you drank a Corona and it was sitting in ice in Mexico That's and you got right. a little bit of the Montezuma's Revenge water in your system. You're throwing up for three That days. was coronavirus was. In, in the late 90s. Yeah. <laughs> and now it is from Wuhan, China, originated this disease that we think happened from people eating absurd animals, eating yeah. bats, bat soup and rats and snakes. Need these things in China because they believe it will bring them health and prosperity. Right. Um, can we get past that now? Because I'm pretty sure dying of an infectious disease is the opposite 
of health and prosperity. Stop eating rat soup. Don't eat bats, guys. Do Don't not eat, bat eat bats. Soup. I mean, holy unappetizing meal, Robin. Don't eat me, says Batman. Direct quote. Direct quote. I mean, wh why would we like, do this? Why would you eat a bat? What could a bat possibly taste like? Honestly. So thin, no meat no. whatsoever. Maybe like a bat jerky I'd be interested in. But th th at that point, they would have preserved all the virus and it probably – that's not if good. If they jerkied it? If they jerkied it. Like, do, would you want it jerkied if their wings were out or would you want them back? <laughs> I mean, well, that's I would, a real question. I would want them you out. Have, I'd want, want a very out. thin right, jerky. Right, because that'd be the jerky. Right. Right. Oh, that's the jerky. Yeah, right. I'm not eating the body right. of a bat. I'm not an animal, Nadine. I'm not a monster. So this is how coronavirus happens, you guys. They jerkied the bat, and now we're eating it. That's exactly right. <laughs> it almost sounds dirty the way you keep saying jerkied the bat. No one's ever used the word jerky in an active I made it verb. a verb. <laughs> Wait, first I've ever gotten a, 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 a tense of speech correct. I'm so glad I got that right as a verb. We're jerking. But now it's already spread. So there's reports I'm seeing that they're only saying there's like 1,700 people infected in China. Right. I'm hearing reports it's like 50,000 people, and they're not saying anything. What? Yeah. And it's already here in the States, already like, what, it's like it's already a hundred cases here, already in Orange County, your birth town. My birth town. It has birth reached County. us. And then Fuck. Trump says, I believe it's going to have a very good outcome for us. His administration is saying it's going to be great for the economy. Can we not everything be about a, a tactical advantage in the economy? For Christ's <laughs> sake. Jesus Christo and Jesus Christ. Please. You have a bunch oh of gangster God. rings on as a side note, unrelated. It's so fucking crazy. I've put a tax on them, the bats. <laughs> what on earth? And so but more people are dying from the flu right now. Do you know how many people are dying from the flu? No, I no, I did There's not. There's a know that. it is I mean the flu is fucked up right this, now. This year cuz cuz it's resistant to the flu shot. Yes, it's bad. Like if they That's actually, why I don't get the flu shot. I don't get the flu shot at all. I don't ever do it. And my mom and everybody else I mean they're like why did she get what Negar cuz that's why do you want to get the flu shot? And I'm like You're I, you're who's this? My mom. Your mom's name is Negar? No, I'm Negar. That's my uh Farsi name. That's her Persian name. Oh, thank God you're not using that. Right. Exactly. It's feel horrible that I said it right now. Right. <laughs> going to be editing that out of the Podcast. Your no, Farsi name is what? Nagar. You can Nag say I've said it on TV. It's okay. It's on my life. You can say it all you want. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But she literally every year yells at me for not getting the fucking flu shot. I'm like, mom, <laughs> I don't like why. Does your why? mom get the flu? Yeah, she, um, you know what? She got sick and she got the flu shot. See? Yeah. And I, I mean, I recently was a little bit sick. No, you got a cold, probably, right? You just got a cold. Yeah, no big deal. Right, but not the flu. I don't think I got the flu. No, yeah. you can actually. That's the other thing. After they give you the flu shot, they're like, you might get a little sick after it. It's like, well, then why the fuck? We're why? giving you a mild flu, right? We're giving you the to mild avoid flu. the flu, right? And then you still might get the flu. And it's a guess. The whole thing, it's a guess. It's we like, assume which guessing. strains are going to unfold this year. Just Take a little bit of a flu. We'll call you in the morning. Oh my god, it's so fucking crazy. They're just like injecting you with something they just fucking guess. Like I guess a lot of things. I'm fucking wrong all the time. Yeah, you've been to Iran. I've been to Iran. I've What's been it one like? time. Here's the thing: you cannot. I didn't know this. I was laughing really loud. I laugh at everything. My dad's like, I "Don't laugh so loud because people are going to think you're a prostitute." I'm like, "Dad, a prostitute? Apparently, prostitutes are loud and they laugh a lot." Don't know. Sounds like maybe your dad had an incident with a prostitute that <laughs> saw right. something and reacted inappropriately. Now he's doing the asshole thing and That's extrapolating right. it to all prostitutes. That's right. That's right. And actually, it's funny story about my dad about when I went to Iran, which I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Um, you can't shake a man's hand in public because I was at one of those like outdoor bazaars. That's a good rule in general. And so you you'll, you can get arrested. You don't know where man's hands have been. Right. That's true. If you are a female, you can sit in the front as long as there's not a man in the car. Wow. Um, you have to cover your not your face. You get to cover your head. It's actually pretty. They're pretty loose with the covering. Like as long as part of your ears are covered, because the ear holes. Apparently, I asked uh, my my dad's butler. Erotic. 
Yes, it's a it, yes. That's exactly. I was joking. That's really no. That's what they say. They say of all the parts of the zone. face. Yeah, because it's there's the a hole. bottom of the ear hole. It's there's the a hole. mouth hole. There's a hole. There's, there's two hole. nose holes and two eyeball yeah, holes. Pants. Um, your ankles are supposed to be covered. They don't have to be. It's a whole thing. If it's you have cankles, do not have to cover it. I listen. If I had, thank God, I don't have cankles. If I had cankles, I'd cover that shit. Well, that's a good point. Right. Fair I mean, point. Why not? Here's I mean, the thing up with to my you, dad. It's up to the individual. Right. I went to visit my dad and um, he gave me his business card. And You hadn't the, met him before? Or? I had. No, of course. He's oh, he gay. just wanted he you to remember back. his name and his phone number? Well, I don't know. What, that's just my dad. He's just, you know, he buddy, buddy, card. you know. Yeah. Buddy, I want buddy, you to have my card. I want you to have my card. This Please. <laughs> and it said, you can talk doctor, it in your head veil. Dr. Tony Mohammed Rajabi. Because, oh, my dad changed his name for <clears throat> Tony because Tony's short for Muhammad, I guess. Tony's brain. short for Muhammad? Yeah, it is right. It is yeah. not. <laughs> right. For a fact, it is so not. So I go, Dad, when did you become a doctor? And he's oh, like, the doctor part's uh, fake. He, he's not a doctor. He not was, just the name. No, he owned like car dealerships and pizza restaurants <laughs> in Orange County when we were growing up. <laughs> and I go, Dad, when did you become a doctor? He goes, well, with my MBA in uh, in Iran, the, it's equivalent to PhD here, so I'm a doctor. I go, well, I have an MBA, so that means I'm a doctor. He goes, you're not a doctor. And I'm like, no, Dad, wait a minute. <laughs> By the standards of what you're saying, if you're saying you have an MBA and you have a PhD, he's like, I'm the only doctor. I'm like, no, Dad, I'm also a doctor. But I am the only fake doctor. doctor. I'm the only fake doctor. Like, could you fucking imagine? Like, and people, here's the thing. What is his MBA in? What? What is his it's, MBA it's, in? It's master's in business administration. So it's a business it's degree? A business. That's it. That's it. That's all I have. It's a business Nothing degree. to do with medical anything. Nothing. Nothing to Does do with medical. Does he claim to be a medical doctor or a doctor of business? I think doctor of business in his brain. Is that even a thing? I don't. I think, yes, it is if you have a PhD in business. Like business but like, yeah, but where have you ever met a business doctor? Right, exactly. Hello, I'm a doctor of business. Like Other than Warren Buffett, who can really fix any struggling right, business. Right, but only Warren Buffett. Only Warren he's Buffett. He's the doctor. Yeah. He's the fixer. And he doesn't have a doctor in his name. No, he doesn't. See like, that? he's humble. Really, if anybody could be fake doctors, it would be comedians because laughter is the best medicine. Right, that's right. We give the best medicine to so people. So my dad is – so the funniest part that's is hilarious. when they um, – in Iran, they kind of call you by your title. So if you're an engineer, you say Agha means like mister. So they say Agha Mohandes, which means Mr. Engineer. Mm -hmm. So to my dad, they say Agha Doctor, which means Mr. Doctor. And I'm like, oh you're not a fucking doctor, dad. Like, it makes Is he even crazy. a mister? Um – Questionable. Okay, <laughs> so, fair enough. Sorry, fair yeah, enough. that was a joke for listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, plastic wow. surgery is very big in Iran. Huge. Um, and they so have to get the veil put on permanently. That's right. To get a plastic veil. Also, they offer free skull. sex changes if you're gay. Free, free sex, sex changes, changes to make you a woman? Because it's illegal to be gay. So if you're but a gay man. It's not man, illegal to be a former gay man, now correct. woman. They think it's like a disease or whatever. That's better. Yeah. To them. So they become, they, so if you're not trans and you're just gay, you, they opt, but like they will offer this free sex change to you. Are people taking them up on this? I don't know. I don't know, but I know. Have they never thing. collected one of those it's coupons? A I have coupon. It's a, it's a for group. Remove it's, penis, please. It is Persian coupon. <laughs> the part of my body that I am born with and really want to use on other men. Can I please remove this and put it? This is just a hot dog. In my ear hole. I'd like in to put it in random ear hole. Please. My it is God. not Q-tip. It is my penis. So why are places? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very thin, same thinness. Same thing. Very thin. It's like my hecklers in Arizona, miniature and thin. Right. Why are places still this antiquated with their policies? Not treating it's, women as equal human beings. What? Are you okay with this? No, it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. Like my parents came here to go to college 
before the revolution. And then I was born. The whole family came to visit me when I was born. So I'm like the golden child savior. They're like, you saved us. Yeah. Do you know how much pressure that is for me as a, as a child? You saved us. It's yeah, like that's, that's intense. The way that, you're saying it now, I'm a little right. freaked out. You saved us. And so, so they ended up staying. And then my parents got divorced and he's like, uh, I have some business. I'm in doctor business. I have business to take care of. <laughs> So he went There's back a business medical like, emergency. There's a medical. <laughs> like, what if somebody's like, is there a doctor in the house? And he's like, uh, would you like a car? Like a Buick? I don't know. It's like, what do you, <laughs> I don't know what, you know. But your dad doesn't mind and he went back there. He went back there. He has a beach house on the Caspian Sea. Let's beach just fun. say this though for, that sounds nice. Yeah, it, it's actually really, it's actually really beautiful. It's a gated community. I was Damn. like, wow, it does not feel like you're in Iran. Not spelled G-A-Y-T-E-D, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tell us briefly, because also, you know what, what I like the premise is that regardless of all how the world is different and we still have different places in the country, in the world rather than need to evolve and the country yeah. at different, we're at different paces. We're here on a podcast using our free speech, yeah. an Iranian woman, a half Israeli Jewish American man, mm-hmm. and we're friends for so long. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful? True. I love this. Tell that to people fucking right. each this other's is real ears with, with corn on the cob. That's cops. right. Although, Glebe, your ears are covered. Well, I didn't want to turn you on too much during the podcast. I'll reveal my ears when the podcast is done. Henry's going to come after you. You better believe it. He's licking my ears all the time. It's his second birthday. He's almost of age. I believe you've always been one of my favorite people. Like oh, I've thanks, known Glee for Nadine. 20 years. Yeah, it's crazy. Same here. It's you're crazy. one of my favorite. You're yeah. just always so awesome and the greatest mood. And you're so lovely and funny and awesome. Thank you. Thank you're the you. greatest. I'd like to be on your reality show. Put me on done, there, okay? Done. I just went back on stage. Did you know this? You've you've been not on stage for a while. No, I just I started. St- I went back on stage on Sunday. It was really fun. How long had it been? It had been. A, I've been on stage for a lot of other things and have yeah, to give talks. But stand I up. went up and I did like a twenty minute set, and it had been it been over a year, and it was weird because I've never not. Like, wow, it's a long, long time for a it comic. was weird, but it felt good. Awesome, got some laughs. Yeah, it was great. It Love was like it. I was like fuck. I go. It was it was like I never left. Love that. It was awesome. I have one more Iranian story yes. for us. Iranian factories, American flags are incredibly hot off the presses. Reuters reports business is booming at Iran's at Iran's largest flag factory. Flat, wait, real flags. Let me explain why they make U.S., British, and Israeli f- flags only. Oh, for protests. For people to burn at protests. And they are burning so hot off the presses, Nadine. It's incredible. <laughs> Literally burning off at the, the factory in the town of Komein. Southwest of the capital, Tehran. That's where the Khomeini's from. In the town of Khomeini? Yeah, the, yeah, the old that makes supreme sense. leader. That makes a lot of sense. Died. Named after him. Yeah. And uh, young men and women print the flags by hand, hang them up to dry. They produce 2,000 U.S. and Israeli flags a month in its busiest periods. <laughs> that is so fucked up, dude. Yep. Just to burn. Just to burn. It's like, here, I'm just actually going to make something so you could just destroy it. You're going to hope they're at least skimping on stars so like they're not having to use so much ink. <laughs> Sorry, there is only 48 states. You're about so to I burn can't... this. It's okay. Nobody cares. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is a Betsy Ross flag. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, so sad that we're burning flags of any country, let alone our own country. It's they crazy. claim it's nothing against the American people. It's against our policies. But still... There's still these like very like kind of primal ways to protest in the yeah. Middle East. It's just let's go to the streets and like get very get very compact right. and burn and shit. burn it. Let's just burn America. It. We get compact and we're pussy hats. It's right. a very different vibe. Right. No, it's crazy. It's our our fire bonkers. alarms go off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. We have two more stories I, before I, we. By the way, I can't yeah. even light a candle in my office without mm. getting in trouble. Oh, I got in trouble for that in college. Yeah. Candle open flame violation. Right. You're not letting you as a showrunner in your office. Oh, because on your own boat. No, what? Oh, on oh, your yeah, actual yeah, office. In my actual office. When Damn. I do a post, yeah. Bummer. Saddest night. You still do, it. You I still close do my door. it? Oh, I close good. my door. 
Then people walk in, you quickly blow it out and like try Only to cover up as like you're smoking. Only second floor comes down. Oh, I shit. go, oh, somebody farted. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, next story. <laughs> nice. Um, we do quickly the economy minute. An economy minute. Okay. Joe Scarborough tweeted, the U.S. economy limped along with a 2.3% GDP growth, gross domestic gross domestic product growth, a year after Trump's massive tax cuts for the world's biggest corporations. As warned, CEOs use the transfer of billions just to buy back stock instead of expanding businesses and hiring new workers like Trump said that they would. So the Dow is high and the GDP is low. So Trump's economy, it's not tanking, but it ain't great. No. And where, where are all the factories that are supposed to get built here? Right. Where like, are these factories? Where's the, co- the coal industry resurgence? Like the coal industry. Like the, when I think of coal, I think of Zoolander when they're in the coal mine. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know that there's coal. Like I'm not ignorant but it's like I, I, is there a booming industry it has now? not he's added like a couple of hundred jobs to an industry that used to have like just a couple of years ago like fifty thousand more jobs it's crazy the numbers and not who's exact, getting the tax cuts like i heard fedex gets a major kickback so i'm like i can't use fedex anymore yeah and, and that's the company that's paying taxes most yes. aren't even paying any taxes right it's unreal how we just tell the economy against everybody who needs help mm-hmm. and that's why as much as i have not been so open to andrew yang had this crazy night with Chappelle. I had to talk about this in the podcast. I had a crazy night no, with Chappelle totally a couple nights ago. Yeah. And he kind of opened my eyes. I'm kind of considering Chappelle. I'm considering Yang. Yang a little bit. I had this incredible night at the, at the, at the comedy store. I've been feeling a little bit like out of sorts, like a little bit removed from the comedy world after well, the whole campaign. Yeah, yeah. And I just, you know, the first time in my life, I didn't feel like exactly at home in my own. Really? Kind of like you're saying, yeah, like just that's removed how it felt. from I what was we like, do. Oh my God. Yeah. And so when I, I saw back. you that first night yeah. at the improv, yeah. I was like, oh my God, it was, when I saw you, I was like, familiar face. It was yeah, like, yeah, it was so nice. Yeah. Same. And so I, um, got booked to do a spot. Adam Ray and Mark Sartell booked me to do a spot in the main room. And it was so fun. I had a great set and I made it edgy so I could be like opposite of political guy. Yeah. And then I go into the VIP area there, sacred ground, yeah. hollowed ground. And, uh, Chappelle, some, all of a sudden somebody just hands me a joint and it's Chappelle. No way. And so I'm smoking a joint now with Chappelle. Had you, have you met him before? Yeah, throughout the years, we've hung out like a handful of times okay. in a group, but I'm certain to this point, he doesn't know my name. Right. You know, we've hung out in yes. groups, but he's hard to talk to. He's kind of insular yeah. and hands me a joint. And I decided to tell him I ran for president. And I go, um, I don't know if you heard this, but for the last eight months, I'm up to something kind of crazy. I ran for president of the United States. And he, and he goes to his buddy, he goes, and how did that go? <laughs> and I go, pretty good, actually. We ended up 15th highest fundraising active Democratic campaign. I was speaking at events with Bernie and and Yang and Sanders and everybody. And he goes, no shit. I had no idea, dude. He goes, actually props for that. It's incredible. Awesome. And he gives me a fist bump. Feels good. Then we go in to watch him perform in the belly, in the belly room. Oh, he, I already did like, it was funny. What he did my over three school? hours. Yeah, that's what I heard. So we were there. I was there till five in the morning, oh 4.30 in the morning. And he's on for three hours plus. But. His sets are really loose. He's crushing yeah. his new stuff. is gold. I can't wait to see it. And he's at security everywhere. And I sit next to Donnell Rawlings. And Donnell starts shouting stuff out to Dave. And then I start shouting stuff out to Dave. And I'm not his best friend like right. Donnell is. And Dave's like loving it. And we're going back and forth and talking politics. And he goes to the crowd. You know, this guy ran for president. No way. And then he talks about Yang. And I'm like, yeah, but UBI is not that great because it actually so you're disproportionately you're a conversation, conversation. Oh my out God. of his three hours. It was Chappelle and I were talking for like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, my God. During his set. Wait, that's amazing. Yeah, it was nuts. And I was like, everything I'm saying. And I'm high. Right. So I'm like, I hope I'm not saying things that are going to ruin my career. I'm going to be banned <laughs> right. from the comedy store. I'm like, actually, UBI disproportionately affects poor people because it. 
You have to trade that in for their welfare benefits, right. whereas the rich people and middle class just get to have it completely without right. any trade off. But then he made a great counter argument. He's like, even if so, I'm telling you, man, in my hometown, he lives like in Ohio, I believe, or Iowa. I think Somewhere he lives in the Midwest, yeah. Ohio, I think. And uh, everywhere, everywhere I go, people, I talk to people, $12,000 a year would change your life instantly. It would instantly change your lives. Wow. And so for the first time, it like made me realize like really how strong the impact of that could be. And I'm a little bit more open to it now. And I reached out to Yang, who follows yeah. me on Twitter also. Oh my God, and awesome. he's going to be on the podcast, I think. No way. Yang wrote back within six minutes to my DM and said, I'd love to do it. I'd love I mean, your endorsement amazing. if you're considering endorsing somebody. And I reached out to his guy. He told me to reach out to him. No reply from his guy yet. Right. So, so far, a little bit of a runaround. Oh yep, but I'm going to try amazing. to get Yang. Trying to get Yang. So stay tuned, Brain Trust. But, um, and then Chappelle lights a joint on stage. Oh, and God. Donnell goes, can I smoke that with you? He goes, there's no one I'd rather smoke with you, brother. Hands him, hands him a joint. Yeah. And then I go, can I hit that? And Donnell and Dave almost at the same time both go, we don't know where your lips have been. <laughs> and then said your birth name. <laughs> you're right, right, right. <laughs> and I'm like, Dave, you handed me a joint half an hour ago. Yeah. And he's like, fair point. <laughs> and they handed me the joint. And then Jeff Ross gets the joint. And we're passing around Jeff the Ross joint. Jeff Ross there, too. Jeff Ross sitting oh there. And it's Jeff Ross, Donnell Rawlings, me, and Dave Chappelle passing a joint around. I have goosebumps. While Chappelle's performing for three hours. By the hours. way, for those of you listening, the, the belly room seats 80 people. That's mm-hmm. it. Maximum. Yeah, it was and wild. And it's packed at 80 people. It was packed, wild. It right? Was so, it's not even 80. Oh, packed. It's about 80. It was wild. Oh my God. That's and amazing. What it was so cool. And I just kept chiming in on stuff. And I even told like a funny story about me and Jeff. Like there was one, there was one funny moment where I was like, he told some story. I'm like, well, I had a recently I heated my pool one night and um, the only people that were in the pool and Dave goes, me and Donnell. And I go, <laughs> me and Jeff Ross. And it got a big laugh. And, uh, but then I, I talk a ton. And then at the end, like uh, Donnell was like, all right, maybe you talked enough. I'm like, I agree. And I didn't talk for like the last hour of the set. He's so good. He kills oh it. Oh my god! He gets off stage, comes to the back of the belly room, and I uh, and I and I just gave him a, a handshake, a high five, and I go and I like a hug, and I go, "What an amazing set!" And, and I'm sure, I'm sure what he's going to say to me about what I did. Yeah. And he goes to me, and I quote one of the greatest moments of my life. He goes, "You're amazing, dude." No. Bantering with you was hilarious. Oh my god! And it was the greatest thing ever. And that is something that you will for the yes. rest of your life. It was so cool. Like one of those stories where yeah. you're like, it was just, you yeah. know what I mean? And then Look we went into on. the VIP bar, and he mentioned on the set that we should all this talk we were all doing should be on a podcast. So I know to him like, if yes. you mention this, I'd love to have you on my podcast. We maybe even with Andrew Yang. Yeah. And he shakes his head in aggressive no. And so that's not going to happen anytime but Andrew soon. Yang Sorry, might come. brain trust. Andrew Yang might come. That'd be amazing. So we're working on that. I like him. I like him a lot too. But it's um, who's going to win? I don't know. I don't know who's going to win this primary. Do you have any any favorites that you're supporting? I'm having a hard time, to be honest with you. It's like who can beat it, – it, it's got to be who has the best policy, but also like who can beat Trump? I yeah, don't know. That's the thing. Is it Bloomberg? I don't know. People think Bloomberg's crazy. Right now, it's, it's kind of a wide open field. I'm really trying to decide between Sanders, Yang, yeah. Warren, and I have a touch of me open to Bloomberg I like, and Steyer. I like Warren, but I think that she's – I think not a lot of people – not that I should like somebody for that. Right. Well, if you need, this time you have to, like you say, because it's who's going to win. Yeah. We're at the home stretch. We're just going to do Twitter answers and the thunder round. Right. And uh, it's time to check in with the Brain Trust, as we always do, the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the big Glebers in all of us, the Glebe Squad, the Glebe Nation, the Glebe Mob. It is time – for Twitter answers. Twitter 
I asked the brain trust, what is the highest you have ever been? And I would like your answer in a moment too, Nadine. You can think about it. Chris at UK Brain Trust, the British Bureau of this podcast, said, I couldn't possibly say hashtag safety meeting, hashtag Amsterdam. That's because he and I got high on a off of the side of a boat in Amsterdam when we were both there <laughs> on vacation and met up. And there were kids on the boat, so we called it a safety meeting. <laughs> so he can't possibly say, but I'm happy to say. Optimist for PA Gov, our friend at John Holowich says, had a beautiful experience staring at the at the full moon on psychedelics. It was indescribably cosmic. You ever done psychedelics? Ah, uh, yes. Which ones? Uh, mushrooms. Mushrooms. You like it? Yeah. It's magical. It's magical. It's so incredible. They're, it's just you're just smiling and happy, and you see the world see in a very different way. One time, I saw an elephant. I was driving. Not I was driving. I you was saw an car. elephant. I saw an elephant on the side of the freeway. This was when I was in college, and I was driving by. And I'm like, was that an elephant? You were not driving. You said. I was not driving. I was right. a passenger. Because I'd taken the mushrooms, we were going back to and our And it was door. not an elephant, probably. It was not an elephant. Not, wow. not, not in Thousand Oaks. What does it do? <laughs> what does it do? It's like all of a sudden trees look alive. Like they you see do. them growing in real time. And everything's it's more so weird. vivid and everything's yeah. just more. It's magical. And I'm just smiling and you're just happy. And it's pretty damn magical. They've made a comeback. Everyone's taking chocolate mushrooms these days. Yeah, and a lot of people are microdosing, having little yes. amounts oftentimes. Yep. It's pretty insane. That's a lot actually of people supposed are, to be an antidepressant. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It makes people have major breakthroughs in yeah. their anxiety and in their depression and just yep. the way they see the world. They're, they're starting to do a lot of studies with, with psychedelics now and and they're starting to – FDA is like actually doing studies. I've been, and, I've been reading about this because yeah, they're doing ketamine therapy, which is obviously the chem, chem, chemical version. Right. But, but they're saying mushrooms is the way to go with the uh, – Yeah, I've done them all and mushrooms are better. Yeah. More powerful, that's for sure. Blair underscore Dina said, hmm, I've never been high or drunk. Met her on the campaign trail at God of Ralph. Um I big Ralph Macho fan. I don't understand when people have never tried. In your whole life to never be ever, high or drunk once, to ever, not know. People say, I know myself, I have an addictive personality. Once. It's it's not the real gateway. I'm sorry. See, that I'm a little torn on. I know it's very it's very controversial to say weed's a gateway drug. I think it kind of is just because I nobody would ever do a harder drug if they didn't do weed first. That's what that's kind of what true. a gateway is. Okay, that's true. But I don't Fair think enough. they're comparable. It's kind of like saying alcohol is a gateway to all the drugs too, and I think that's also true. Yeah, I think alcohol could be. Anything is a gateway to anything. Right. You know? It's just the next childhood's a gateway to adulthood. Tried pot, you might as well right. try mushrooms. You've had, you know. Yeah, but I just think you need to have a line at certain po- points, and weed right. shouldn't be it. Right. George Levin at G Levin O twenty three. I've smoked MDMA, a lot of pot, even tried powdered coke on top of weed which is fancy crack, eating mushrooms, tabbed acid, and once got dosed with raw opium on top of some weed. Never been as high as one time of maybe a dozen. I smoked salvia divinorum. What is that? Salvia was hot for a minute. It was something you'd smoke and you'd get like, it was like a fake weed. Oh, the fake weed. I think that's what it was. Yes, that's exactly what it was. I think a lot of celebrities were trying that for a minute. Maybe Britney, probably. Probably. Maybe Michael Phelps. I don't know the truth. (laughs) He claimed it was salvia. What is the highest you've ever been? I, there's, um... There are a couple times. Um, I would say the highest I've ever, not the highest. I would say two high stories. One was obviously when I was in college, you could not, um, <laughs> you couldn't smoke pot ever because I, that it was illegal. Um, I remember uh-huh. the RA came and knocked on our door. It was over, it was near Christmas time and we were so fucking high, like out of our fucking mind high. And then we used to blow in an empty toilet paper roll. 
We're, and we put a dryer sheet over it. So oh, yeah. Of course. Pot. Classic move. Right. And so we do that. But by the way, that doesn't mask You, you blow it smell. through it. It doesn't blow mask it well. No, but in our You have slightly dryer-smelled smoke. That's right. That smells like, also like weed smoke. Anti-static. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Your weed smoke does not cling to your to your, to your chest. No, but in our minds, we're like, oh, we'll go in the bathroom. We're going to smoke through this. I wish that worked. What yeah, does kind of work thing. is if you blow into a very thick towel, it kind of oh, absorbs it, but it makes the towel black instantly. Like that spot gets really? very black. But who cares? You just, who you cares? Know? So then the RA came in and she's like, she, she was looking for, we, we trash all our, like we threw everything out yeah. the door. And then she found the, uh, the toilet paper roll. She goes, what's this? And I was so fucking high. And I'm like, it's the shepherd from our nativity scene. <laughs> she didn't like that answer. And I had to go in front of the disciplinary <laughs> review board. It was a whole fucking thing. And so it was, uh, it was pretty good. Another time I was so fucking high. Well, obviously, like when they, when medicinal marijuana became medicinal marijuana and became legal, mm-hmm. I, we used to smoke really shitty weed when we were in college. We didn't know it, right. it was like whatever. So it got, it got so strong. I didn't know. I, I just was smoking the way I would actually smoke. And this guy that was a potential person that was going to hire me to write another story, uh-huh. high with him, and I could not stop laughing at his fucking voice because he sounded like Fozzie Bear the whole time. <laughs> and every time he was he talked, playing piano, a little minger piano, <laughs> he, was, he, he was had a little funny hat on and a little like uh, polka bow tie, tie. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the whole time, and I kept going. His name was Saul Friedman. He smokes a lot of pot, and I was like, Saul, I'm so sorry. I go, you sound like Fozzie Bear, and I cannot talk to you anymore. I got the job the next day. It was crazy. He's like, you made me fucking laugh so hard. I don't. You, you can't not get a job. No, I talk about they, my asshole, and you I get say high. the worst things possible, right. and people I can't wait to shit hire and you. I got lucky. Oh my god, <laughs> Dan at MN Dan Blaze says my roommates and I had a party and got high, and I got high. I sat down to watch a hockey game on TV and did the play by play. Next day, roommates told me I was calling a hockey game while staring at the fish tank. There was no <laughs> hockey game on. I miss those days. I only read that one because I had the realization maybe when high recently listening to the radio that hockey is fun to watch live, but on the radio it's the worst because it really sounds like somebody is narrating very aggressive gay porn because <laughs> stick sound his stick sounds like his dick. So you literally hear like he takes his dick, he smacks his dick around the corner, he smashes him against the wall, he's trying to score, he's smashing the puck, he's taking his stick, he's taking his stick as hard as he can, smashing, he scores. Like what? Have I been listening to? It's the dick. It's, it's the dick. really terrible. It's What's the highest you've ever been, Glebe? Oh, man. There's been a few. Um, one in college, I got so high on cookies. My best friend oh, Scott cookies. and I. Edibles. We haven't talked about yes, edibles. Yeah. We made edibles out of a whole eighth of weed just for the two of us. Oh, my God. And we ate two huge <laughs> cookies each. And I got so high that I was first in the Scott backyard. Scott used to do comedy. Scott Richardson, yeah. 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 I got so high that I was in the backyard of our little place we lived together in college with a bunch of our friends, fraternity brothers, and there was a little slope on the side where there was like there was like dirt yep. slope, and I was standing up on it, and I was holding like a stick or like a golf putter, and I believed I was commanding troops. I was speaking to – I saw <laughs> troops. I was like, and gentlemen, we will go into battle, and I saw troops with helmets, and they were like, yeah, and I'm like, I'm too high, so I go to the couch. <laughs> And I pass out on the couch. I'm about to pass out on the couch, and I grabbed a business reply card out yeah. of a magazine, and I had like a ink pen, and I'm writing with it, and I I drew a guy holding an umbrella and rain, and it became animated, and it was raining on the guy. Well, that, that's I, they, I know it's not a hallucinogen, but when yeah. you eat pot, yeah. I you hallucinate. It's, it is it, the it walls is a hallucinogen. Were moving. It's a mild hallucinogen, yes. and when you eat a ton of it, it's a hallucinogen. Yeah. I was so high that. And then some idiot from our fraternity, this guy Derek, came over and like pile drived his elbow, same night, his elbow into me while I'm sitting there, like high to my mind on the couch. 
horrible. Everybody leaves, and I'm spent all night diving from side to side of the couch, <laughs> trying to get comfortable. I felt like Captain Ahab or something on this great journey to get Moby Dick. And I, the next day, I missed all my classes the next day. The next day at 4 or 5 p.m., Scott came back from a whole day at university <laughs> and saw me still high on the couch and he was like, I'm going to take you for a walk, buddy. And he walked me basically like I was a dog for a few blocks, a few loops around the neighborhood until I finally, the oh fresh air God. sobered me up. That's amazing. That was one of them. The other two edible induced highest I've ever been. I tell the stories pretty vividly in my Showtime special Neurotic Gangster that is now available right. for free on YouTube. Right. So go watch it. Tell your friends. You can watch it for free. I want to get those numbers up on there. Yeah. Get people to see it. Um, and then the last one I'd like to read here is um, from Never Tweeted This at BB Not Bay. It's a BB pretty good Bay. handle. Yeah, it is. And who offered also anybody that answered this high question with a Ben Glebe meme, he would Venmo them $5 and somebody really? did one from Idiot Test and apparently he's sending him 5 bucks. He said... The second or third time I smoked weed, I lost my phone. The next morning, my friend called it, and we found it inside a bag of tortilla chips, which is pretty classic. Pretty. I've, I've done that. I put my I put my phone actually in the fridge. That's hard. That. That's hard because we're insulated sound wise. And I was so high. Sure. I've done that, and then I was like, "Where the fuck?" Looking is my at phone? the bottle, and you put it down. Didn't, yeah, couldn't call it because you can't hear it. Open it. I was like, "There's yep. like literally." Hours later. I was so drunk in college once. I got two burritos from El Cotijan, the classic Mexican place in San Diego. Two carne asada burritos, very huge, thick burritos. And I came back home, went on my couch, ate one, and then slept with the other one as a pillow. <laughs> in the morning, woke up and ate that one. And then ate it. Oh, yeah. And then ate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was pretty great. It was pretty great. Um, I will be at the Long Beach Laugh Factory this Friday, 9 p.m. Uh, and then if you want to come to that, and then Edmonton. Um, Alberta, Canada, the end of February. Get tickets to that at benglebe.com. Nadine, anything you would like to plug before we do our our, our uh, three weird stories in the Thunder Round no, and say goodnight? They, I, I just wanted to thank you, Matt. It was really fun. Oh, my God. Just, so just, fun. Uh, below Deck Med. I think Below Deck Sailing, my friend's running that. Below Deck Sailing, that Below Deck like Med. Week. Med. These are all on Bravo. June. Yes, on Bravo. And then that's there's nothing. At Nadine Rajabi on social media. That's right. I love that. Uh, thank you for being here. It's been so much fun. You, it's man. been far too long. And uh, it is now time for the Thunder Round. Guy smokes marijuana in court for marijuana charge. Apropos story, considering what we just talked about, the balls on this guy, CNN reports. Spencer Boston had a message and nothing was going to stop him from delivering it. Not even jail time. 20 year old in court Monday in Wilson County, Tennessee, facing a simple marijuana possession charge. According to Wilson County Sheriff's Department, he stood to face the judge. He began expressing his views why weed should be legalized. To amplify his point, he reached into his jacket and slipped out a single marijuana cigarette, pulled out a box of matches and lit it up. He got in several quick inhales before security realized what was happening, detained him, escorted him out of the courtroom. He wasn't done, though. Before being let out, he turned to the gallery and declared, the people deserve better. The courtroom burst out laughing. His message came at a cost. He was charged with disorderly conduct and simple possession of marijuana. The court also held him in contempt of court. He's in jail for 10 days, and his next court appearance will be on April 14th. You pray he can delay it six days, and it'll be on 420. That's right. That'd be, be amazing. That'd be amazing. Be pretty great. You ever do anything like that? Any, any public misbehavior like that? Uh... uh I yes. 
Not that. I've uh, I've taken a shit in public. I've peed in public. Oh God! I would you do anything. Your butthole I, need to calm no, down. No, it was weird in college. If I I was that person that if I was dared something, I, did, I would do it. Peeing, I understand, but taking a shit. That was because it was actually against your what? school, UC San Diego. What? what was your school? At Cal Luther is a small liberal uh-huh. arts college. We played you very guys liberal. In we played you guys in soccer. It was the NCAA championships. And our coach said, because we go and practice on the field the day before, our coach said, we're going to go there and we're going to crap on their field and we're going to take the championship. So the team goes, Nadine, we got to fucking crap on their oh field. Oh, my God. So after practice, we waited an hour for everyone to leave. And I actually took a shit on your soccer field in what? San Diego. And we lost in penalty kicks. Of course you did. I think it's because I jinxed Nadine, it. how do you? Well, that's yeah, the only time I've done that. That's not appropriate. I'm behavior. sorry, I'm a lady. I, this might I be the right. Again. This might be the right time to ask you. What's your TED talk about? <laughs> it was about my unibrow. <laughs> about your unibrow and how we all need to accept our what? That's right. Our insecurities. The things that make you the most insecure, or the things you're most insecure about as a child, are the things that you should actually embrace because that's actually what makes you like different in who you are. Like, like that's be your beautiful, and you're Thank the perfect you. messenger for it because clearly you're very secure with your body. Well, I mean, I would never do that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. I didn't. Care. No one's noticing the unibrow. I used. To, you know what? It was all when about you're taking a shit on their soccer field, high fiving, drinking beer, and smoking weed. Actually, no, because we would get tested for the NCAA, so it was after season. Did you go to a bathroom and clean up after you did that? Of course, or? I did. Oh wet my ones. God, wet one. I mean, it was right there out in the field. <laughs> oh, this is the worst story I've ever heard. Oh my god! You asked the story. I did. I did. It was I, at your my fault. That was just so funny that it says his school. It is 100% Thank you guys would heckle us so bad. There was hecklers at the fucking game. Go on with your story. I'm around. counting that as a as a second story. We're going to skip one and just go to our final story here. It's an update. Sorry, Glebe. It's quite all right. From another story that we reported in recent weeks. Penis man finally arrested. The accused penis man, graffiti tagger Dustin Schomer, was arrested by 25 heavily armed SWAT officers at his Phoenix, Arizona condo. There was a lot of speculation that maybe I was penis man. I'm the one who speculated that on the podcast and nobody else did. But a lot of me was speculating it a lot of times in my head. I'm not him, apparently. Not penis man. Phoenix New Times published an article just before 5 p.m. on Thursday that when police launched after numerous instances, of this man t- tagging all over Tempe, Arizona, penis man across public and private buildings since late November, the taggings had received nationwide attention. Really? How would they not? Right. Someone's yeah. tagging penis man. This seems like a man after your own heart, honestly. Honestly? I, no, I need poop man. Poop man. <laughs> Let's not. That's not the hero America needs. Okay. Uh, New Times reported the tagger become brazen recently with his markings, hitting among other places the historic Hayden flour mill. You hate to see that. It's, it's not okay. So sad. So sad. And the front door of Tempe's municipal building. Shomer said, I just spent the last 24 hours in Tempe and Phoenix. Police custody for spraying penis man. They raided my condo and vehicle and swarmed my entire complex in West Phoenix with 25 SWAT officers and pointed an assault rifle in my face. Anyone with doubt who the bad guys are? Be certain it is the city of Tempe, city of Phoenix, and police forces valley-wide. There is no excuse for an AR-15 in the face of a nonviolent offender. Not an offender, it's art. It's artistic. Right. Penis man, I mean, it really like says a lot. I think so. It says that he's not vagina man. Right. It challenges authority. I'm a fan of the police, generally speaking, except when they do bad shit. Right. But I don't feel like, you know, penis man really That's infringes on them at all. Crime. It really is. Yeah. He added in further posts that after he spent the night in, or during the night in Merritt County's fourth county 
Maricopa County's 4th Avenue Jail. Following more than five hours in custody, they gave him nothing to eat, which don't be it's just baby little bit. But his penis was hungry. Five hours. His penis was hungry? Yeah. Can a penis eat? Was he looking for an ear hole somewhere? Is <laughs> he trying to find an earlobe? An is a, a Lisa earlobe that he could stay in? And uh he ended with this quote, he said, For the record, I hate the institution of the police, but I don't think every cop is a bastard. To say they are all is in my opinion stooping to the level of to their level of profiling. Some of the detectives I met seem to be genuine penis man fans. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a penis that's, man fan? That's the button to the story. Yeah, I'm a penis man fan. I'm in. Not because he's not dick man. He's penis man. Yeah, it's nice. It's proper it's a technical term. Yeah. And he ended by saying, "Penis." Would he draw a penis too? Do we know that? That's a great question. I should Google images yeah. of it. I just saw one where somebody changed it to penis them in brace of all genders. Oh, that, which is look really at that! Nice. Is so PC. That is really sweet of him. I don't penis know if they, he did that or somebody else them. did it. Yeah. I like but that. still penis. So I feel like maybe, yeah, it's a tough He's one. He's a friend to all. He's a friend to everybody yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, he ended with quite an inspiring quote. He said, penis man is neither man nor woman. You nor me. We are all penis man. We really are. Isn't that a beautiful That's message? That's a beautiful thing. He should run for president. At least he should do a TEDx talk. Right. <laughs> Embrace your unibrow. Your inner penis man. For we are all penis men. That's right. That was his insecurity as a child. Penis man. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thanks, Cleve. You're the best. Until last week next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. Last Week on Earth.